Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. So the kids are the cutest. I love the kids. And I was up here, I'm, I'm like praying, and I always open my eyes for them. And two of the little ones, little ones, they were like giving me air high fives. They didn't understand. It was like the cutest thing. It took any little jitter away from this morning for me. So we are continuing in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. So when Rob had asked me to speak this summer, I, I kind of thought I was week four. I don't know why, but in my head, I'm like, patience, okay, patience, like I could do that. I can even do like love, joy, gentleness, maybe, but peace, um, it's like the Holy Spirit said to Rob, ding, 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 you need to tell your wife to speak on peace. And I will be honest with you, when I started this process, I kind of was like a, a toddler going, I don't want to speak on peace. And I um, really was struggling with where to begin because I had a lot to say. Definitely do not feel like I've arrived with this in any way. And um, the Holy Spirit just kind of, it's been a busy summer. We've had a lot this summer, which we knew, but the Holy Spirit just filled me with what to bring to you today. So I'm excited to be here. I thank you for having me. But um, yes, peace is something, and I will share that at the end, but it is something that hits a nerve for me and has hit a nerve for me my whole entire life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can come together. I ask you this morning to fill me with your peace that I can um, be able to share what you have given me in the last few weeks. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So when we think about peace, we all think of something different. I bet you we all have thoughts going on of personal peace, peace in the world, a million things. Um, I'm going to share a clip because when I think of peace, this is the first thing I think about. It's from the movie Miss Congeniality, not the first thing, one of the first things. Miss Congeniality. Believe it or not, that movie was 2000. I thought it was two years ago, but it was from the year 2000. It's Sandra Bullock. She's an FBI agent, and she's working undercover. And during her undercover stint, she's in a beauty pageant. And she's, you'll see the clip, she's asked about um, a couple questions. It's the question and answer part. So let's see if it works. It was a little finicky this morning. I would have to say world peace. Definitely world peace. That's easy. World peace. World peace. What is the one most important thing our society needs? That would be harsher punishment for parole violators, Stan. And world peace. I think we all can agree that world peace, right? That the current state of our nation, we can all agree that we want world peace. And that's kind of a funny way of looking at it, but everybody wants world peace. But how about peace in your home, right? That gets a little bit more personal. World peace is not as tangible unless you have someone in another country where there's war or you have someone in the armed forces. But what about in your home? What about with your children? We all have children in different ages. We have toddlers. We have school age, teenagers, young adults. I actually thought teenagers were going to be tough. Young adults are 100% tougher. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, how about some other things, our marriage family, relationships with people? Is there conflict? 
What are some areas about peace? Right now, Brandon and Gabby are taking the most important test of their life this week. They are both taking the bar exam after hours and hours of studying. There is no peace in their life this week at all. Um, But what about your job? How about as we get older, our aging parents, right? We have to start being parents to our aging parents and taking care of them and watching the people in our life who were, were our lifeline now become old and have to care for them. Or what about your own personal health, going through struggles in your own health? Or what about COVID? We've all been affected somehow. Is it job loss? Is it your own health? Is it watching loved ones suffer? Is it fear? Is it the political climate of everything going on? Peace. And then I think about, and even saying these things brings um, just so many emotions. We've been praying. There was an email sent. We prayed last week. We prayed Wednesday night for um, Becca's family. Becca was part of Young Life, she came to the plant church when she was an area director in Suffren, and her family was involved in a horrific murder in Montana. And her brother and 18-month-old niece were shot and killed, her sister-in-law and sister critically ill in the hospital, and a four and a seven-year-old watched this whole thing happen. Peace. How do you even begin to swallow that? right? How do you even begin to find peace? Is it even tangible? See, like in my life, I like to kind of control peace, right? We put it in a box, but I can't even begin to control that kind of peace that's needed for that situation. And I guess the question would be, do the anxieties of life rob you of peace? I am 100% guilty of that. I know that I allow the stress and the life anxieties to take away that inner peace that we are supposed to have. And everybody, I believe, wants peace. But this life, guess what? It is the furthest thing from peaceful. From the minute you wake up in the morning to the minute you hit the bed, there is no peace. I mean, I think we can all agree, maybe with a show of hands, that there is like no peace throughout the day. We don't live in a peaceful place. And I really believe that none of us truly know how to have that deep sense of peace. Like the peace that Becca and her family need right now, how do you truly get that deep sense of peace? So I think in order to start this process of working through it together, because like I said, this is a work for me as well, we have to define peace. The definition of peace is the absence of fear and turmoil. The Greek word is called Irene, which means tranquility of mind, calm, quiet, and serene. Imagery, right? When I think of peace, I want to think of like an image, right? So think in your mind of an image of peace. For some of you, like if you're Rob Parker, it's a lake. Hmm, All I can see is fish and algae. That's not my peace. For others of you, it might be an ocean. Eh, a little bit more peaceful. Others of you might be the morning when it's quiet in your home, right? Yep, amen. And the dishwasher's undone already because your husband did it the night before. And you just can sit with a cup of coffee. That's peace, right? Now let's think of the opposite. What's turmoil? For me, although I do like the ocean and water looks peaceful from there, I do not like to swim. Anyone who knows me knows that I do not like to swim. I am a professional tanner, but will never swim. Um, I could be sweating buckets, will just splash water and then go back to sitting. Um, I have it timed perfectly. I know exactly how to get the right tan. But that's peace for me, sitting on the beach and letting the sun hit me. But it's not peace to go in the water. 
How about you? Think about something that's not peaceful. Maybe it is the morning rush when it's, there's a lot going on in the chaos of getting to work or getting kids out the door. Maybe it's natural disasters, a tornado, <laughs> raging water. I mean, you can't even believe it. My family lives in Kansas, and they talk about these tornadoes where they see things like go up. I'm like, what in the world? Like, that is a turmoil for me. That is extreme lack of peace. And lack of peace manifests as a couple different things, as fear, as anxiety, and as hopelessness, a sense of out of control. So maybe you don't think, maybe you say, hey, I'm a peaceful person, but then when I name those different things, fear, hopelessness, anxiety, sense of out of control, maybe I'm hitting a different nerve for everybody. And we talk about peace as this internal longing, right? We all long for peace, for lack of fear, lack of anxiety. But actually, it's the outside circumstances, right, that rob us of peace, that take away from the peace that is ours to have, our finances, our jobs, our relationships, our children, anything. These things, all these outside things are robbing us of that peace that we are supposed to have. That's a fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. The outside things are robbing us of that. You see, peace is the absence of fear and turmoil. It's tranquility of the heart, right? That's peace. It's not, and I hate to even say this, it is not the absence of pain and grieving. Peace is tranquility of heart in all circumstances when you are grieving and when you have pain. And that's a hard thing to swallow, to think about it. So with all this confusion and all this thing and all these thoughts in my mind about peace, there was only one thing I knew to do, and it was open my word. There's the only place. So when you open up the Bible and you look up, peace is in the Bible 329 times. Go figure. Who would have known that? 329 times. That tells me two things about peace. One, it's like really important because when things are mentioned over and over, it shows. And two, it's like really hard, right? It's like a parent nagging their child, wash your hands, wash your hands. It's nagging us. Peace, peace, peace. So those are two things that really light up to me when I think of all these times peace is mentioned. In Psalm 34, verse 14, it says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Peace is work. Seeking peace is not a passive act that we do. You can't just sit on your couch and put on Netflix and peace is just going to come over you and you're going to be like, oh, I feel so peaceful after watching whatever the newest show is that you're watching. Um, peace is not something that it's just going to appear magically one day. You have to search for it. It's a matter of activity. You have to find it. You have to possess it. You have to own it. So when Psalm 34, David, when he wrote that, David was not in peace. He was being pursued by Saul. He was the number one most wanted man, a fugitive running for his life. Yet he says, turn away from evil, search for peace, and work to maintain it. He sought peace, and he worked to maintain it. 1 Peter 3, verse 11, 
is the same exact verse as Psalm 34, 14. I actually had a look. Rob had a look. We actually had to compare it. It says the same thing. So we have the same thing being said in the Old Testament as the New Testament. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Here, the apostle Peter is writing to the Christians, and he's saying to them, there's turmoil around you, but actively seek peace. Work at it. Maintain it. Peace is an active. It's, it's a verb. It's not a passive. It's a verb. We need to actively seek peace. Just like an athlete, I love to watch professional athletes, how they work for their goal, right? Even watching our own kids, not professional athletes, but watch them work for a goal. In high school, whether it's or college, if they compete it, you watch them. If it's a bodybuilder, you see them work hard. They change their diet. They change their lifting. They do all these things. Anyone who follows my son Ben on social media will know that he works really hard to lift because he's posting videos all the time to, to different muscle groups. I didn't even know there were that many muscle groups, and I'm a nurse. He's telling me about muscle groups. But he works really hard to achieve it. So just like the athlete does that, we have to actively work hard to achieve peace in our life. The Holy Spirit gives us peace when we trust in God. And we all know trusting God is a choice, right? We all know that. Anyone who has raised kids, you know that it is a choice to trust God. Seeking peace is a choice as well. We must seek it out. And as followers of Christ, this is the tension, right? We should not allow okay, the tensions and the sin of this world to control this emotional system of ours, right, to let it rob us of this. The truth is that this world is broken. It is so broken, and it is so hard to find peace in all the brokenness. When you think of, if you just put on the news at night, you could weep with all the brokenness and lack of peace in this world. There is no peace no matter what you put on. I think there's like one like uplifting story like a week that you can hear. There is no peace. But we must not allow this to rob us of the gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give each of us. It's not just for some. It's for every single one of us. Inner peace should be our major goal as Christians, right? In order to be truly like Christ, we need to seek that inner peace. And whatever that looks like, it is different for everyone. And I really want to stress that, and I will stress it at the end, that what you're going through might be different than what I'm going through, but ultimately it's all that peace that we're searching for. And there's no way that I can judge what you're going through and you can judge what I'm going through because it's turmoil and it's our lack of peace. And the Holy Spirit speaks specifically to each of us in our, our grief and in our pain. Christ came to bring peace with God through the cross. And that we have to keep playing back in our head. Christ came to give us peace through his death on the cross. But here's the problem. Peace is not our nature. <laughs> Anyone who knows a toddler or a child learning to speak, the first thing they say is no. You give them broccoli, they want a carrot. I mean, who wants a carrot? Who wants, like, come on, seriously. You give them a sneaker, they want a sandal. They want to wear a sandal and a sneaker. Like, let's be honest. There is, peace is not natural for us as humans. Our sinful nature reacts. Revenge is legit real, right? Forgiveness, 
let's think about this. It's like if you forgive, if you love your enemies, the world thinks you're like crazy, right? Oh, you love your enemy? Like I, on social media this week, Becca wrote something, Becca whose family was murdered, wrote something that her father had said to the family about loving the man who did this. I was shaking reading it. That's not the natural. Our first thought is to go to anxiety, right? How many times is there something going on and your first thought is to think 20 feet ahead? If you're like me, you're thinking 10 years from now when something happens. And it all started in the garden. Let's think about this. We go back to, right to Genesis, and I'm going to read it um, from my phone here. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6a. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of these trees in the garden? I mean, I could just see it, right? Did he really say it? Are you sure? Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat on it or even touch it. And if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent said. Duh. He replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God. Oh, we'll be like God. Knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. You see... Our nature is to create our own sense of fulfillment, right? When you read this, you can see that very clearly from the beginning of Genesis that, oh, wait, oh, that's going to happen? Wow, that, that's awesome. I, I want that. We're never satisfied, right? We can eat any tree, any tree. There's probably millions of trees around, but just don't eat this one. Hmm, that one? I want to eat that one, right? I mean, that's our nature, we're conditioned to not be satisfied with what we have. Satan desires to create this, this false identity and steal, literally steal. We, we read it, steal that peace from us. But guess what? Peace can be ours. It can be ours. We all can have peace. Peace comes from reconciliation. In the book of Ephesians, Paul mentions peace 46 times. So just in Ephesians, it is 46 times out of the 329 in Scripture. That's a lot for one book. Ephesians 4.3 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Ephesians 2.14a says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul is telling us to be united in the Spirit and that peace can be achieved. Okay, so now, now we know that what the lack of peace is and now we're starting to see how this peace can be achieved. Be united in the Spirit. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for months, right? Holy Spirit, activate. We started this series. Be united in the Spirit. Be activated in the Spirit. Okay, so how do I do this, right? That's the million-dollar question. How do I allow the Holy Spirit to activate me, to give me this peace that I'm so desiring during this time in my life that things are so chaotic? First, internal peace. 
We must have peace with God before we can experience that peace with us. I'm going to repeat that. We must have peace with God before we can have that internal peace in us. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Reconciliation, peace, is given to us through Christ for his work on the cross. Christ died on the cross. He had a horrible, horrible death, right? Horrible. He bled tears because of the pain, the physical pain he was experiencing. He did that for us to have peace. And when you really process that, Right, like I start thinking, like we say, God the Father sent the Son to die for us. What an unworthy feeling, right? Anyone who's a parent sacrificing your child for these people, like for us, right? Like seriously. Like what an amazing thing to grasp. Next, external peace. Reconciling our past, our present, and our future to God's will. We have some key verses here that we read over and over and we learn at such a young age, but if we really look at the words, we find this external peace. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything, emphasize everything, that's my emphasizing, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God has your best. Newsflash, he has our best. And it doesn't always feel that way. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't feel like God always has my best. There are days that are really, really hard. I've had some really difficult days, but guess what? God has my best. And you know what? I might never get to see the fruit of what I'm going through. I pray that someday I'm on my deathbed and I can see the whole picture coming to fruition. But guess what? That's not what has to happen. God doesn't have to show me what I went through or why I went through it. All he cares about is that I spent eternity in heaven with my heavenly father. Finally, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, for he himself is peace. Right? Jesus is peace. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. The joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Plant family, fix your gaze. Keep your vision tight. Put on blinders. A few years ago I talked about, I think it was Mother's Day, horses having blinders on so they can't see anything. Keep those blinders on so your vision is directly at Jesus. Have tunnel vision. Keep it tight. Keep it tight, because through the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of peace 
can be yours. It can be yours. It will not be easy, I promise you, but it can be yours. In closing, remember when Rob had said in the beginning that peace has been my, or lack of peace, has been my journey. I really toyed with how I could share some of my story with you this morning to let you know that I'm just not standing up here and reading scripture and giving you stuff. It is because I have walked through this. I have had a lifelong journey with anxiety or lack of peace. And I could tell you why. I could tell you that my dad died when I was 17 months old. I was left with a single mom who was ridden with anxiety over her own life circumstances, very fearful of anything ever happening to me. So she was a helicopter mom who every little thing that happened, it was the end of the world. Um, it is woven in my family. There are generations of anxiety. My, her father, his mother, professional warriors. If you've ever known a professional warrior, that's my family. They're going to worry for you for something that's gonna happen in 10 years. And I could blame them and I could say that that's my excuse, but I'm a big girl, right? And we know that peace is a choice. But I have fallen into that trap of allowing anxiety to control my thoughts well too often. And I'm gonna be honest with you, as I processed through this, I struggled because my anxiety, like I said in the beginning, is a little bit different than what some other people are experiencing. I know firsthand there are people who are dealing with severe, severe anxiety and lack of peace now over their circumstances. Becca's family in Montana right now, they are in severe distress. They are anxious. There is so much going on. I can't even compare my anxieties to them. But like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit knows each of us so intimately. And he wants to give us that peace, no matter if it's my peace over something in my own personal life or whether it's peace that's big, right? He wants to give us that emotional peace, that spiritual peace. Maybe that's what we're lacking. Maybe it's both, but it's individualized for each of us because peace, there's not a specific category for peace. Oh, it's only peace when there's trauma that's on like the, the diagnosis code of like a four. No, it's peace for everything. It's peace in the mundane. It's peace in the everyday stuff. I remember 24 years ago, in one of the worst days of my life, standing, we were living with my mom at the, for the week. It, it was not a great moment. And I remember looking in the bathroom mirror at 24-year-old self with bags under my eyes, eyes that wouldn't open because of tears that were shed for days on end, and thinking, will I ever smile again? Will I ever be able to smile? Not even have peace, just smile again. And I will tell you, plant family, that there was nothing I did that made me be able to smile. And guess what? Even have peace about this situation. It was the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. It was nothing I did. I surrendered it all. I was hopeless. I was helpless. But the power of the Holy Spirit transformed my thinking. Am I perfect? So far from it. You can ask anybody in my family, so far from it. Yesterday, like 20 times, everybody was like, Nyeh. you're giving us anxiety. That's not peace. I'm like, seriously, guys? Come on. Like, I, I asked you, like, where your shoes were. I mean, like, it was, I, don't, I don't do this well, and I fail all the time. And I will tell you this, that it is a daily battle for me. 20-something, I am 40 
47 years old, 47, 47, I'm going to be 48. I'm 47 years old, and I still daily have to take up my cross and keep my eyes focused on Jesus. And to be extremely honest and vulnerable, and I am really, I tried to talk about this in the mirror to myself yesterday so I wouldn't bawl the whole time. But the months ahead for me are choking me. The anxiety that I am feeling over what is coming in the months is, is unbearable for me in my little world. I am sending my youngest child to college. I know it sounds like it's not a big deal, but that is a different stage of life for me, right? The baby of the family is now gone. I am in, my identity has been wrapped in being a mom to my four kids. I've lost that now. There's number one. Number two, there's looming medical issues, and we have talked about this publicly with our boys and their eyes. That is always sitting on my shoulder. The what-ifs, the unknown. The professional worrier that I've been raised to be starts bubbling. I'm not going to lie, COVID. To go into another school year of COVID is so overwhelming for me, I literally could throw up thinking about it. And I know for some it's, it sounds funny, but you have no idea how it has changed my job with the pandemic. And last but not least, we are sending our daughter, our grandchild, and her husband to a far off country that I can't even talk about in public. I could never send a text that says we're praying for you because she'd get in trouble by the KGB or one of those terrible organizations. There will be weeks that we probably won't hear from them. There will be the, the tension of, are they okay? Are they not okay? And this is all going to happen within the next three months of our lives. That's anxiety. And that's my anxiety. And I know, and I am gearing up that my heart is going to be torn in a million pieces in a few short months. And then I have to figure out, because nothing anyone will say to me and nothing anyone will do is going to bring me peace. I will guarantee you that. It's actually going to get me angry. It will get me angry when people try to comfort me with words because there are no words that can bring peace when your child and her daughter and her husband are not being heard from for weeks. I'm going to tell you that. There's no peace. But the only thing that will give me peace the only thing is seeking my heavenly father. And the reason I know this is because I've done it with other things in my life. Is seeking my heavenly father. Is trusting him in the process. And keeping my eyes fixed and gazed on him. I can't allow the world to speak because the world doesn't have nice things to say. You tell anybody in the world what they're doing, they're like, what? Why? I can't allow that. I have to keep my eyes fixed on the perfecter, the author and perfecter of my life and my children's life and the future and what's ahead. And I'm going to fail. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm calling it. I'm going to fail a million times. And you can keep me accountable. You can ask my family how many times I failed, and they're probably going to say every day, multiple times. But I'm going to walk in that truth. The days are ahead. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to walk in the truth that the Holy Spirit has peace that can be me and is poured out. You see, 
We all can have those gifts, right? The slide, that first slide that says the fruit of the Spirit, and if we look at that list of slides of, of fruit of the Spirit, it's not just multiple fruits, it's the fruit. We can have each one of these. We can have peace. Peace can be ours during our turmoil when we don't understand why or what's happening. Peace can be ours. So I want to challenge each of you today as I am walking through with you and I am in the same place to seek the Heavenly Father, to open up your arms and receive it, to actively receive the peace that the Holy Spirit has for me, for you, for all of us. It's there. And my question is, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to have that peace, that internal longing that we are called to have? Not that we want, that we are called to live in our life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are able to have peace. I thank you that you bore the sins of this world to give us peace. I ask you today for each one of us in this room that you will speak to us in an intimate way and that we will know the Father's love and the peace he has for each of us. It's in your name we pray. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.